Am I still considered fuckable? It's not a question I've had to interrogate before, as I have lived in perpetual presumed fuckability. However, something unknown about my outward appearance, attitude, and aura has shifted, and now I'm not so sure. Does any of this even matter? Does the relationship between the auntie factor and the fuckability quotient make a difference in the price of rice? I suppose for me, it signifies one of the many phases in women's lives that we all go through but rarely discuss. I sometimes hear from women of a certain age discussing how invisible they feel, something I have not yet confronted but am curious about. What does it feel like to exist in the world and yet feel unseen? That was an excerpt from a post on the Adventures blog titled The Auntie Factor and the Fuckability Quotient, written by none other than yours truly, moi. My name is Malaika Grant. And I'm Nanada Huasichema. Welcome to the Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women podcast, or as you will hear us frequently refer to it, the Adventures podcast, where we explore all things sex, sexuality, and pleasure. And today we're talking about sex as you get older. Because everybody's going to get old and still want to get jigging. You've heard that joke, right? There's a woman whose great-granddaughter asked her, Great-grandma, when does a woman stop wanting to have sex? And she's like, girl, you're going to have to ask somebody older than me. (laughs) I love it. That's going to be me in the future for sure. That's going to be us. Because there's just something that irks me about how women are believed to shrivel up and disappear just after a certain age. Nana, what assumptions or beliefs did you have previously about sex, women, and aging? Well, when I was younger, I never thought about older people having sex. I mean, I didn't even think much about sex until I became sexually active in my 20s. I was kind of a late bloomer. And now look at me blogging, writing, and podcasting about sex. Now that I'm in my 40s, I've become super interested in how women's relationship to sex and desire changes, or not, as we become older. There's something in the cultural milieu that made me feel a bit anxious about becoming less sexually desirable as I age. And so I decided to go straight to the source and speak to older women about sex. And you know what? It was a relief to learn that older women are not necessarily less interested in sex or even less sexually desirable. You know, and I hate to admit it, but in my teens and early 20s, I never thought of people over 30 as being sexual beings, especially women, unless they were those rare unicorns known as cougars. And even at that, cougars felt like an invention for TV shows. Like, it was completely normal to see older uncles hunting for sex and being open about it, but I never saw older women being so transparent about their sexuality. Same here. I think that was the case a few years ago, but I've kind of noticed a slight shift. Women are way more assertive about their desires now, and I think more confident in pursuing what gives them pleasure. Speaking of mature women unapologetically pursuing pleasure, today on the Adventures podcast, we're talking with Fatim, Ihioma, and Kina, 
all women over the age of 40, laying it bare on diminishing womanhood and their refusal to conform. Can you tell me what your seductive ways are like? As you know, Nana is our girl in the streets, and she went to get us the rundown on what's really happening out here. So, what are Fatim's powers of seduction? So, I just try to attract the laughing aloud, or, you know, have my hair uh, dressed differently, my makeup differently, my clothes differently, until the person uh, notices me. And then, because I don't want to frighten them, then I go little by little slower, slower and flowing <laughs> until I get them. And then I can be back to myself. So how's that different from your seductive self? No, I tell you, when I'm seducing somebody, I'm loud and flashy until they notice me. And then I go smoothly until the things goes back on track. And then I can be myself again. Does it make sense? Ah, I get you. It makes complete sense to me. It makes, and, I, and I like this as a strategy. Thank you for sharing. Oh, you're I'm welcome. taking notes. That was Fatim Faye, a badass 63-year-old Senegalese feminist schooling us on her own art of seduction. What we find attractive certainly changes as we get older. Taste varies from person to person. And sometimes what you have a taste for is not what you end up bringing home. So what do older women find attractive in a partner? To explain a little bit more, I had a chat with feminist activist, mother of two, wife and sex toy guru, Ihioma Obibi. My husband is completely different to my fantasy man. And, I, I, and so therefore, I've resolved in my mind that my attraction to him is mental, the mental stimulation. And hope you'll forgive the quality of the audio at certain points. Doing a podcast with hosts and guests in different geographical locations has been quite a learning experience. This is how much we are committed to bringing you the best African guests from wherever they are in the world. Our love runs deep for you all. So back to humor. It's really, really weird because when I'm reading all this erotica, I see myself, the protagonist that I like, I usually is dark, chocolate whipped, you know, licking kind of thing and I'm thinking oh, it's not what I've got at home I can have a conversation with him I think for me that's so critical I'm prepared to give up on a lot of things if I can just have a conversation with you about anything and I think for me that is just so important Ihoma's point on attraction is really interesting to me because she gets to the fact that older or younger what we find attractive is way more than what we look like Conversation, honesty, all these buzzwords that experts hurl at us to strengthen our relationships. The ability to communicate your needs and desires can be difficult for a lot of people, especially in the beginning stages of a relationship. From the looks of things, communication can also be very attractive. And it can be especially hard for young women to advocate for their pleasure in the bedroom. We're not usually taught the kind of language that prepares us to be agents of our own sexual pleasure. Does this get easier with age and experience? Kina Likimani, one of my favorite Ghanaian feminists, shares her thoughts. It, well, it's gotten definitely easier. And uh, so much so that it's so easy now because you either take it or not. And I don't mind if you don't take it because then I won't participate. But when I was younger, it was a more difficult conversation. 
I think as a younger, I used to be shy about the conversation. But then if it came to actual, I'm having sex, I could steer it in a certain direction. But now I talk about things I don't like. I talk about things I like. I talk about things that uh, if you don't do, I'm not going to participate. It's just like things that must happen as part of sex with me and because it's a language. I've gotten much better. Yes, yes, yes. Because you, you, we are really not taught as girls as to have this conversation. I think most of us are self-taught in this way, even now. And that's a problem. It can be scary to communicate your desires, especially when you can't predict how the other person will react. But you know what? The benefits far outweigh the risks. Fatim, our unapologetic seductress in her 60s, shares why. When I was younger, I don't know if it was due to trauma or whatever, or maybe it's natural. I'm very sensitive, you know, in my parts. I would freeze. I would freeze when you handle me uh, not smoothly or not tenderly. And I got married. I had, you know, lovers before. Then I got married. The first time we went to bed, it was a catastrophe because I didn't like the way he touched me and that kind of thing. And he didn't like the way I voiced it. And he was kind of mad at me, like saying, what, what is this woman? She, she, she just like thinks about herself and her pleasure and, and everything. I think because of that, he started being very gentle with me, you know, always asking, do you feel good when I do this and that, that kind of thing. And it made our sex life until today so nice and smooth and trusty. I can trust him. I can close my eyes and let him do whatever he wants to do because I know he's going to be gentle and tender and smooth. This is the big change in my life. Trusting somebody with your body. And I hope that all the women all around the world will find somebody who can do that with them. Seriously, like how you said that makes me want to cry. It's so beautiful. And at the same time, it's like such a simple ask, right? Like if you don't, you have a whole life with somebody who doesn't know how to touch you and how to kiss you. And the first time is the best time because either it works and the person understands your needs and you're happy and the person is happy. Either they don't like it and they don't want to do it, or they don't know how to do it, and they don't want to learn how to do it. And the relationship ends there before it gets too serious, and you know you have kids in between, or whatever, or marriage. See? First time, tell them. Like it or don't like it, it's good for you. Yeah, and I feel like that's a skill that a lot of women need to practice, right? Because we're not raised to communicate our needs and desires. So do you have any tips on how you know, people can do that, especially maybe younger women. How can you actually tell your partner what your needs and desires are? Well, the, the blunt one. <laughs> I don't like this. Please don't touch me there. Or it hurts. It hurts is like, I think, a magic word because it's not supposed to be hurting. So say, oh, I'm sorry, it hurts. And, you know, the person will understand that maybe they must not be too hard on that spot. And the other way also I like it is I play with your parts while you play with my parts, like the 69. And if you hurt me, I hurt you. 
<laughs> and if you say out, I say out. <laughs> out, you using your teeth. I say out, you using your teeth too. <laughs> And then, you know, it's it's a simple play where you can, especially with people who do not listen when you say it's hurting, it's hurting, they do not listen. Just like, let, let them sample the same thing and they know what it hurts me. I think at the core of this chat with Fatim about the importance of communicating what one finds pleasurable and desires is trust. Pleasure is fueled by trust and comfort and so is attraction. It all starts with effective communication and being heard. So there you have it. Don't bite anyone's genitals and you won't get yours bitten back. But coital cannibalism aside, we've come to a point in our conversation that I'm really excited about. What kind of sex can we all look forward to as older women? It's comfortable. It's lazy. It's leisurely. You're not in a hurry. You've got nothing to prove. That's Ihioma Obibi again. She's in her mid-50s. I'm not um, so desperate for it as I was when I was a lot younger. You know, it's leisurely. It's, there's no hurry-hurry about it. You get older, you take your time. It's not, it's not the be it and end it. There's some, week, you, some days or some weeks you can go without it. So, and then, you know, remember, your body has changed. So you're no longer hormonal from the periods. So it makes it so much nicer when you're not having periods, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, I'm wondering if you could tell 20-year-old Ihoma anything about sex from what you know now, what would you say to her? What was the point of hurrying? I would have learned and understood my body better. I know my body now better than I did when I was a lot younger. But I think I know my body better now because of the work around feminism that I've been doing and engaged in. And it's allowed me to really think outside of the box and the things I like and the things I don't like. So, take time to understand your body, learn how to communicate and advocate for it. And as always, when you practice something long enough, you get better at it. That includes sex, especially sex. There can be such a long, awkward stage to overcome. But what if you're one of those lucky people who just got it early? Someone like Kina, for instance. I have always had good sex. I wouldn't tolerate not having an orgasm, for instance, right? But what I mean... If, even, if, even at a young age? Well... Yeah, yeah, even at a young age. Where did you get that confidence from? Well, one day the orgasm happened and I was like, oh shit, so that's what they mean. And that was the end of that. Like, <laughs> I, I, like I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't tolerate it. If I had to take charge, I would take charge because what is the point? It's just not enough to say the intimacy is very important. So I, I, but I don't think that it's right for women to move on the intimacy plane without the orgasm plane. You know what I mean? So. That I understood early on. How early? Oh, I think by the time I hit 15, I was clear on what I needed to do during sex in order to have a good time. And I wasn't going to compromise on that. That is super impressive. Yeah. So, so one of the things we are not taught generally in life is how to be present and mindful. Uh-huh, this I've gotten better at. 
being present and mindful in what I do. And so when you're having sex, you may think it's easy to be present and mindful because someone is touching your body or touching somebody else's body. But actually, no, you can be there touching their body and not be mindful, not be present. Heck yeah, that's impressive. As someone who didn't experience her first orgasm until she was nearly 30, I'm in awe. I'm also taking notes from Kina for those of us floundering in the orgasm gap. So, Nana, you're a fine woman with a flat belly living in Accra. (laughs) How often do you get hit on? I wish I had a flat belly, but body issues aside, I get hit on all the time, at least in terms of people who want to have sex with me. People assume I am younger than I am, and so the people who hit on me tend to be overwhelmingly younger men. What about you? Oh gosh, I wish. The last time I was hit on was by a fellow parent in the car park of a birthday party I'd taken my son to. I didn't find that flattering at all. We were two Black people living in a majority white South African city, so I chalk his interest up to location. I am flirtatious by nature, so I miss it. Kina talks a bit more about flirting and its connection to that elusive fountain of youth. Being hit on, as long as it is something you welcome, it's always a good thing. Flirting keeps us young. As long as it is consensual, it's, it's with my consent and it's an attention I welcome. Consent is definitely key. Contrary to popular convention, one of the surprising benefits of aging is finally being able to embrace and fall in love with your body. That definitely makes you feel more powerful and in control with your flirtatious and sexual exchanges. I just love myself. I don't know how to explain it. Nigerian feminist, sex educator, and pleasure promoter, Ihioma Obibi. Because when you're smiling, guys think you're coming on to them. You're minding your business. And because you're happy with yourself and you're oozing a kind of sexual allure, I get a lot of attention. But I think it might be because I have big breasts as well. So I'm just there. (laughs) I'm interested in chatting some more about these young men who want to service you. Maybe can you describe like a scenario? You will always have somebody say, oh, madam, do you need any help? No, thank you. I get quite hit on quite regularly, actually, that to the extent where I'm sometimes confused that maybe I misread the signals or maybe I am being extra sensitive. But it's quite regular because I think to myself, it must be because I've crossed a certain age. I I definitely don't feel invisible. Definitely not. What I think it is for some of these younger ones is that the allure of dating a married woman. That's what I think. You know that let me chance it kind of thing that Nigerian boys have. Let me just chance it and see. For team. Well, with younger people what I like is like teaching them some tricks because most of the time they don't know. And when I say I like it, I liked because now, you know, I'm not more into that kind of mood. When I was younger, I liked to have younger people who did not know, who wanted to know because I have no taboo. So we could talk about sex. We could talk about, you know, things that people don't mention more often, that like anal sex or that kind of thing. We can explore everything. And I think that was very interesting and refreshing, you know, to have somebody who doesn't know or who teaches you something because they don't know. 
They don't know this is not something to be done, but they do it because they think that they should do it or they can do it. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's like interaction, communication. I love that. One of the things we rarely discuss is how our bodies change when we get older and sometimes even how our health affects how we experience intimacy. You and I were just joking the other day about waking up with aches for no apparent reason. Your age can have serious impacts on your health. Ghana's coolest feminist and publisher, Kina, has first-hand experience. I'm a recently diagnosed non-diabetic, so I used to be <laughs> diabetic. I think my health has um, over the years um, impeded my sexuality or how I felt about my body. And I was overweight. I still am, but I'm losing weight. And, and so I've had this um, other thing in my life that has interfered with, I guess, sex. When I hit like my mid-40s, I had a lot of aches and pains brought on by diabetes. And for two to three years, I didn't really feel good in my body. And so even if I had sex and I enjoyed it, it it always took a second place to how diseased I understood my body to be. As someone who is aging, (laughs) I think that um, there is a lie out there about um, a misconception about women and sexual desire as we age. I haven't gotten less desirous of sex, whether or not I got it or not. I think that in fact, Uh, My libido may be the same or it may even have increased. I am keenly looking forward to menopause. I really don't think that it may have an effect because I haven't changed. What changed for me was the fact that I was sick and getting sicker. And I am anxious to find out when I complete this healing I'm doing, say in about two years, how... I will feel about sex, whether it will give me more libido or what. But I'm very interested in this particular journey of mine. The biggest milestone that every woman has been conditioned to dread is the big M. Menopause. (laughs) It's a time in our lives where we're described as cranky and dried up and not supposed to look forward to. I think what has happened is I'm going through the menopause, as you know, because I've talked about my, my, my everything, my dry ponani, my body odor. At one point, I could have sworn I was smelling, but everybody was saying, no, you're not smelling. I was sweating like a faucet. Literally, you're standing and just oozing water. That was sex educator Ihyoma. I don't know about you. I'm just looking forward to period-free sex. But my hope is that my menopause experience will mirror hers exactly because it sounds awesome. At one point during this whole menopause period, my libido went haywire. So it was out of whack. I literally had my vibrator in my hand 24-7, beating myself over the head with it, beating different parts of my body. The menopause has also been part of the issue with sexuality. You understand know what I mean? Just, I have friends that have, how should I say, 
the libido has dried up, they're not interested. Mine was the opposite. I wanted it all the time, which was not very helpful because my husband is not around all the time. So I had to use my vibrator. And you sell sex toys, so you have all of the options in the world. Absolutely. I have vibr- I have different types, I have different names for them. Utterly unashamed. I think more aunties, as they refer to us in the media, should have a vibrator, less stress. I have to say Malaika. With all this talk about menopause, I cannot wait until my periods stop. Me too. They are the bane of my life and they definitely interrupt sex for me when I have a regular partner. I have had some amazing period sex in my life, but I suffer from really heavy periods. And so most of the time, I just do not feel sexy when it's that time of the month. Ihoma has been looking forward to a period-free life and leisurely sex. Bring on the enjoyment. My spirit is so ready. (laughs) But you know, Nana... I didn't realize that unless you're trying to get pregnant, you can choose to stop having periods. Have you heard of hashtag periods optional movement? Some people, by choice, haven't had their periods in over a decade. And doctors say there are actual health benefits from stopping your period. A little auntie advice to our listeners? We don't have to wait for menopause! And talking about advice, this wouldn't be an auntie episode if we didn't ask these phenomenal women for their African auntie advice. I am certainly a proud auntie and saying it with my chest. I learned so much from my guests today and can't wait to put all their advice to good use. Plus, they prove that being a feminist is good for your sex life and that feminism literally saves lives. Like thick thighs. (laughs) Let's have some final thoughts from the woman that oozes allure, Ihoma Obibi. Feminism has made a big difference to my sex life, just my being, my ability to negotiate my space with my husband, my mad in-laws, the community, just dealing with everybody's madness. If I wasn't a feminist, I swear to God, one, I would have left the marriage. Two, I would have been in jail because I would have killed somebody. It's helped me navigate those spaces in a manner that made it easy for me to relate with. Today, I've added the term free woman to my lexicon, thanks to Fatim, who also wonders, who was still having sex. So, what I would love to see in a free-minded society is that I could go to my grandma and say, grandma, are you and grandpa having sex? And that grandma would not be like embarrassed and, and uh, shocked or, or whatever. Because it's just like part of the life. Kina, one of my favorite feminists, leaves us with this parting shot. I think that um, I would like women as they age to be more open to the idea that our sexuality is not going to diminish. Uh, Our desire is not going to diminish. Don't do too many household chores such that you don't want to frolic with your own partner. But don't do too much. I mean, stop the labor. The labor is going to interfere with every aspect of your life, including your pleasure. So if 
you find yourself wanting to have sex but you're exhausted because you are laboring too much on behalf of your family train them differently or just don't do things just give up bend the rice be an unreliable woman in the house that is always nice love it i want to put bend the rice on a (laughs) t-shirt me too burnt rice smells like liberation See you in the next episode of Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women podcast, where we bring you sex and more sex and more sex. My name is Malika Grant. And my name is Nanada Konsechema. We'll be coming back again soon. The Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women podcast is hosted by Malika Grant and Nanada Konsechema. Freddie Boswell is a senior producer. Fatima Derby is our associate producer. Written by Wana Udobang. Audio editors are Messi Barno and Tevin Sudi. Malaika Grant and Ananda Kawasechiama are executive producers. The Adventures from the Bedrooms of African Women podcast is a production of AQ Studios in partnership with Masi Media. Messi Kidaga is our studio administrator and Sally Cham is the AQ Studio CEO. Follow us on all our social media, that's at AQ Studios Podcasts. Our theme music is Damn, performed by We Are Bots. Music from this episode comes from Blue Dots Sessions. Find adventures from the bedrooms of African women anywhere you get your podcasts and in the pursuit of all things sex, sexuality and pleasure, follow us on all our social media platforms at Adventures From Thanks for listening. God damn, she's so fly. God